Okay, um, I'll invite Megan to come forward and I'll just kind of do just to do a few quick things. Um, so uh, many months ago, you may have heard uh, about a survey they were putting together. Well, it's finally here, almost. <clears throat> there are paper copies available of the survey that are done. The online version is not quite yet complete, um, but it'll likely go out Tuesday to you. So um, you, what you'll see is there are, there are actually two surveys that are available to you. There's one short one and there's one long one. They're both different. They both cover different topics. One of them, the shorter one, uh, covers really just a little emphasis on worship, right? So just some, some of your comments, thoughts on worship. The second survey is going to kind of talk about all areas of ministry as well, which is why it's much more in-depth, longer as well. We'd love for you to fill out both of them, but if you want to just, you know, do a quick short one, it's fine. Um, so if you are one of those people that's not going to fill it out online, and you're, but you'll fill out a paper copy— you can go to the office and get those surveys or survey, depending on which, what do you want to fill out, um, in the back. And it's going to help us to just kind of look at where we're at in life and ministry as a church and all those kinds of things. Um, and then we'll probably put all that together. Um, we'll compile it. Um, there's deadlines on, on it that you'll see when you need to fill it out by or return it by. Um, but we'll look at the voters meeting, which will be at the end of November. We'll look at kind of what, what we kind of feedback results we got from that survey. So anyway, I will turn it over to Megan. Good morning, everyone. I would like to start by inviting the Sajiko team to the front so I could introduce them to you guys. So these eight lovely people, nine including myself, we embarked on the journey to Sajiko Lake back in July. And we are here and excited to present some of our stories to you today. So we'll begin right here with Brian. This is Brian. It was his first time going up to Sachigo. And then we have Emily, also her first time. And Will, also his first time. And Blake, first time. And Jill, first time. Shauna, and Pastor Glenn. All, all of them, it was their first time going to Sachigo. And let me just say, they did an amazing job. And you should be very proud of them. <laughs> I prepared a little bit to talk about, so I want to begin by thanking everyone that involved themselves in preparing to help Sashigo become possible. Um, yes, there's a team that physically went up there to serve, but also there is the team, which is the congregation that provided um, really crucial things to making this possible. We had people who baked and cooked for us. Um, those that took the time to pray to ensure that we did God's will and that we are safe. Um, we, had, we had the individuals that helped us financially to make it possible. Um, every aspect of mission work and being a team, every element is very important and it's, it helps it work and go, and go well. So, like I said, I want to acknowledge the congregation for the support, but I also want to acknowledge the team that, that did an outstanding job. Um, I had the privilege to witness God's work through every single person who went up there, and I recall on the plane ride home feeling extremely proud and blessed that I had the opportunity to see God move them the way they did. Everyone, in their own way, contributed an abundant amount of love to the community of Sachigo. And I know deep down in my heart that they felt the love just as much as we did. Um, this past summer was my sixth year that I went to Sachigo. I started when I was only 15 years old. And every single year holds something special in my heart. In particular, the first question that I get asked upon my arrival home from up north is, So Megan, how was up north? And over the years, I would normally apply with, oh, it was good. The food was amazing. I love the kids. But, you know, just the basic answers. However, this year I found myself answering a bit differently. When someone would ask me how Sachigo was, I found myself replying with, it was life-changing. And that statement holds true for multiple avenues in my life. However, the people of Sachigo have opened my eyes to different, a different kind of love. And because of that, I can say it has inspired me and shaped me into the woman that I am today. 
I have always known that deep down in my heart, doing mission work would be life-changing, but this year in particular, I came to the realization how much it has been life-changing for me. Um, to end off, I do want to thank the community of Sachigo for opening up their homes, their hearts, and their community and welcoming, welcoming us back for our sixth year. Uh, I am forever thankful, and I know we all are forever grateful for that opportunity, and I look forward to us embarking on our journey again. Thank you, guys. And uh, after the service, if you hadn't realized, there's a nice little bit set up. So we'd love for you to stick around. Um, we have uh, tacos in a bag that are, are there for you for lunch. Um, right after the service, you want to enjoy some time of fellowship. Uh, greeting all the members of the team. Obviously, we kind of stand out a little bit by our appearance, so you'll know who we all are in case you forget the names and faces up here. Um, but uh, we'd love to have you stick around um, for Tacos in a Bag. Also, you can take a look over um, by the, the water cooler there. You'll see all the pictures on the wall from all of the teams that have gone, not just to Sachigo Lake, but to Pelican Narrows as well, as we had gone to Pelican Narrows in the past. And a number of those teammates um, from Sachigo had been to Pelican before. But you can take a look at those pictures, and you can see somebody like Megan who, you know, her face is going to pop up more than anybody's is, and you can kind of just see how she has changed throughout all those years and stuff, um, along with some other people too. Some of us have gotten a little grayer, so it does happen. Well, good morning, boys and girls. How are you guys doing today? Good. It's so good to see all of you today. Now, I have a question. Uh, I have this picture frame here, but the picture frame is, is, has a little bit of a unique design. Can anybody tell me what kind of design this is, this is or what it's called? What do you think? Anybody else? What's this called? Diamond art. Diamond art. Not exactly. Do you know, Benny? Pixel. <laughs> it's a picture, yeah. What do you think? Stained glass. Stained glass. You're right. This is like a, this is a stained glass picture. And you might see stained glass in other places, right? There's lots of churches that have stained glass windows with these beautiful pictures of them, right? But this is like just a little picture frame that I got from somebody that I went to school with who was going to be a pastor. So this, this picture has three other, there's three pastors here. I'm one of them. But this was given to me as a gift, and, and I don't know, it's kind of like a, a beautiful little picture. But if you look, if you look really closely, what do you notice about the, actually about the stained glass? What do you see when you take a look at it? When you see that stained glass, what, what do you see? All right, what do you see? People. Okay, but I want you to look at the stained glass there, not the picture. What do you think? What do you see, Finn? Triangles. You see triangles. Yeah, okay. What else? Yeah, they, there's some, some triangles, there's some diamonds. Yes, Megan. Like old paths. Like, like there's like the green grass and there's like an old path. Okay, sure. There, there are certainly some many different colors. Yes, Liesl? You can see through it. You can see through it. Yes, correct, actually. Yeah. What else, anybody? Is it, like, how many of you have ever seen windows before? What shape are windows? Square, rectangle, right? Are, do you guys see any squares or rectangles here? Not really, right? And these, these pieces, I mean, it's, it may be hard to tell, but do you think that these pieces of stained glass are all broken? Do you think these are just broken pieces of glass that got put back together? Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like, right? Now, when we think about our life... Did you know that we're all broken? 
<laughs> no. Yeah, you may not think of it like that, right? But you know what? We're, we're kind of broken because of sin, right? Sin makes us not perfect. And so something that is supposed to be, you know, like a window that's not perfect is broken, right? So a window that should look like a square rectangle that doesn't look like it, it's, it's broken, right? It's not perfect. But what can happen with something like this piece of art is that you can take things that are broken and make them beautiful. And so God does that with us too. He takes us who are broken and he makes us beautiful because of what Jesus has done for us. By his dying on the cross for us and rising from the dead for us. And he fixes our brokenness. He puts us back together and he makes us beautiful children of God. Beautiful children who he has called to be his own but also beautiful people who he has called to go and share the good news of Jesus with others, right? So that, so that you can run into people and that you can say, hey, do you know about my Lord Jesus Christ? Hey, have you heard about Jesus? Let me tell you about him. And we can tell others about what Jesus has done for us. And so these people here that are all sitting in these pews here, that we kind of have all similar shirts, right? We went up to this community and we told kids like you, just about Jesus, about how we're broken, but Jesus puts us back together. How we're broken, but Jesus died and rose for us to save us and to take us to be with him in heaven. And we also sang a song with them. And so we're going to do that with you. Okay, so we're going to sing a song. It's called Hey Man. There's actions, which is why all of them are up front here. All right, so in order to do this song, though, you need to stand. Okay, all right. So, this song, the song is called, Hey Man, Do You Know My Lord? All right, I'll stand over here. You guys can take a show. So, it says, it's called, Hey, why don't you guys repeat after me? Hey Man, Do You Know My Lord? Hey Man, Do You Know My Lord? Tell the people from shore to shore. Hey Man, Do You Know My Lord? Very good. And then we're going we're gonna to lead you in the actions too, all right? So all you got to do is just know how it works, right? So the first part, you're just going to just sway, dance to it however you like, right? Ready? Hey, man, do you know my Lord? Hey, man, do you know my Lord? Tell the people from shore to shore singing, hey, man, do you know my Lord? Thumbs up! Hey man, do you know my Lord? Hey man, do you know my Lord? Tell the people from shore to shore singing, Hey man, do you know my Lord? Thumbs up, elbows in. Hey man, do you know my Lord? Hey man, do you know my Lord? Tell the people from shore to shore singing, Hey man, do you know my Lord? Thumbs up, elbows in, knees together. Hey man, do you know my Lord? Hey man, do you know my Lord? Tell the people from shore to shore singing, Hey man, do you know my Lord? Thumbs up, elbows in. Knees together, toes together. Hey man, do you know my Lord? Hey man, do you know my Lord? Tell the people from shore to shore singing, Hey man, do you know my Lord? Thumbs up, elbows in, knees together, toes together, bum out. Hey man, do you know my Lord? Hey man, do you know my Lord? Tell the people from shore to shore singing, Hey man, do you know my Lord? Thumbs up, elbows in, knees together, toes together, bum out, chin up. Hey man, do you know my Lord? Hey man, do you know my Lord? Tell the people from shore to shore singing, Hey man, do you know my Lord? Thumbs up, 
Elbows in. Knees together. Toes together. Bum out. Chin up. Tongue out. Hey, and you know my love. Hey, you know my love. Tell the people from the the sore thing. Hey, man, do you know my love? Thumbs up. Elbows in. Knees together. Toes together. Bum out. Chin up. Tongue out. Turn around. Hey, man, do you know my lord? Hey, man, do you know my lord? Tell the people from shore to shore singing, Hey, man, do you know my lord? Thumb, thumbs up, elbows in, knees together, toes together, bum out, chin up, turn around, sit down. All right. Yes, give everybody a round of applause and all those helpers and you guys as well. All right. Let's just say a quick word of prayer and you can repeat after me. You can repeat after me as well. Dear God, thanks for today. Thanks for Jesus dying for us, rising for us. Help us tell others about that. Amen. Thanks, guys. You can go back to your seats. You may be seated. Today you will hear from a number of the Sachiko team members. Um, and I have no idea what they're going to share. I mean, I know what I'm going to say, but I, I'm going last. So I get to hear all of them first, and you all get to hear all of them first as well. So uh, I would first invite uh, Will up. Right. Let's see how well I can read my own writing. So for the last six years, people have told me to come to Sachiko, come to Sachiko, right? And I never really did until Megan asked me this year. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I've been asked enough. I've heard good things. Let's give it a shot. So I, I did it, right? Now, I'd never been north, and I had only heard about Sachiko from, you know, those who'd been there. And I was told, as reserves go, it was... Uh, very nice, right? But I still didn't really know what to expect. When we arrived, we were greeted at the airport and taken by Virginia and Mary, uh, some elders in the community who were involved with the church, um, well, still are involved with the church prior to the death of their uh, minister, Solomon, uh, and they're trying to get that started back up again. So they're very um, you know, important religious figures uh, as the town goes. On our way, they kind of gave us a rundown of what had been happening in the community and uh, where we would be, uh, where we would spend most of the time with the kids, where we'd be staying. Um, and uh, yeah, that was very helpful because we got almost a little tour, you know. That evening, after we had gotten settled into our accommodations, which were excellent, by the way, we had no idea what we were going to get going in. We weren't sure if we would have two buildings or one, like beds, floor, sleeping in the community center. But no. Uh, I think our accommodations were actually better than the girls, which was a little surprising, because we, we went to their house, it's like, this is pretty nice, and then we got to ours, it's like, oh, excellent. <laughs> so uh, we took a walk around town after dinner, um, and it was during the walk when I realized that this was indeed a very nice community. Um, as we encountered people walking and driving around, we were greeted with friendly smiles and waves, and it felt very welcoming, especially for someone being there for the first time. On the road, we met Stephen, our unofficial local rep in Sachigo, uh, and one of our biggest supporters. Uh, throughout the week, him, Virginia, and Mary were integral in making sure we had uh, everything we needed as things came up. So we needed access, we needed a key to something, or, well, multiple times, but uh, we locked our keys in an office at one point, and, you know, like, who do you call? Because, they, I mean, whether there's people at the band office or not, you know, we could have been there for the night if no one showed up. But no, Stephen tracked someone down. He knew exactly who to call, and it was, yeah, very good. 
The kids were great and excited to be there. Uh, admittedly, it runs a bit different than uh, a VBS would down here, uh, the ones I've been involved in, but it works great for up there. Um, kids are really free range up there, which they, they like to do what they want to do, and it's, it's good, it's, uh, but we, it's hard to keep a schedule, right? Especially when everyone wants to do their own thing and the, there isn't a lot of structure that they're used to. Um, so they really enjoyed what we had. We had games, we had crafts, um, you know, the standard stuff, but it all went on at once. So the first day it felt a little chaotic, but uh, the kids got into their habits of what they liked doing and uh, they would kind of gravitate towards that every day. Throughout the week, it became clear how important, and that's where I stopped writing. So <laughs> it became how important the relationship is between peace and the people of Satchigo. Um, so like I had mentioned earlier, their pastor, Solomon Beardy, died a couple of years ago, and he was um, the one Pastor Brad had originally worked with um, in bringing uh, peace up to Satchigo. So they've been, they've had almost uh, very much like a, a void in religious education recently. And um, you can see how excited the kids were and excited the adults were and grandparents and stuff that we were up there. Like as we walked around the town the first day, we would tell people about the VBS and they would like, you could see their face light up like, you know, something was happening, right? Like, this is bad to say, but... For us, it's, you know, a week of our very busy lives. We go up, and it's almost like a change of pace, right? It feels a little slower. We're just focused on one thing. For the kids, this is like highlight of the summer, right? Because it's, um, other than a couple other camps that they have, this is, this is it, right? Uh, so uh, the connection we have is very important, and I want to, you know, shout out to Pastor Brad and Megan and, all the people who have gone on teams uh, before who have built the relationships that we have up there because it, it, it ran well. Like, I had no idea what we were going to get when we went up there, like, in terms of accommodations, in terms of uh, schedule and transportation. Like, the chief gave us his truck for the week, which was great, ripping around in that. Um, but it was, it, it was perfect, and the reason for that is because of the relationships we've built and the mutual understanding that um, we're there to spread the gospel and they want it. Um, the, the chief and council we met with and they, you know, really understand the uh, importance of religion in the community and they, they see what it's like when a generation doesn't uh, have uh, involvement with the church and uh, they, they, they want to get uh, that back. So they're working to get their pastor back and uh, we're hoping that they are able to continue uh, what we go up every year to do. Um, overall, it was a great experience. I, I really enjoyed it up there. I wasn't, like I said, had no idea what I'd expect, thought I'd give it a try. And I am uh, fairly certain that I will be up there again at some point because I, I did enjoy it, and the kids were great. The community was great. Um, so if you have any questions... Uh, I'll be at the back at the end of service, for me specifically. We're going to have a few more people up to talk uh, a bit more in detail about certain stories and experiences. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Emily. Good morning. It's uh, nice to see you all here. Uh, my name is Emily Anderson, if you don't know me. Um, this is my first time going up north to Satchiko Lake as a team member. Um, it was always one of those things that was on my to-do list, but I never really seriously considered going until this year. And I'm also not one typically to be super comfortable talking about my feelings, especially not into a microphone or in a public setting. Uh, but the only way I could think of to properly articulate the effect this experience had on me and to give it the credit it deserves is to talk about the darkness that I felt before Satchigo and the light that came after. It has become something I'm extremely passionate about and protective over, 
And for the lack of a less dramatic term, I truly believe that this experience, the peace team, the community of Sachigo, and the kids, although they didn't really know what I was going through, uh, they saved me. For some context, the last two years, I was a college basketball player in Alberta. I was the youngest and least experienced player on a record-breaking team that got gold at provincials and went on to get fourth at nationals this year. While that was all great, it felt like no matter how much effort I put in, I would never be good enough for my coach, and he would never really care about me as a human being, just as a player on his team. I was giving my all in every area and getting nothing in return, separated from my family, facing injuries, mental health struggles, academic stress, being constantly degraded by my coaches and peers, all without the support or care I needed from a coach and my family and my church. The people that had the most effect on my life at this time, I would say, had questionable values at best. I was contorting and changing who I was to feel accepted. I wouldn't say I lost my faith, but I didn't have an active relationship with God, and it weakened over the two years I was gone. By the time I got back this spring, I was completely drained. I honestly thought nothing of myself. I thought I was unlovable, incapable, unworthy, hopeless, you name it, I felt it. I didn't think God was looking after me, and if I'm being honest, I didn't think I deserved to be looked after by God anyway. I felt the weight of the world on my chest and that nothing I ever did would be strong enough to get me out from under it. I made the tough decision this summer uh, to find out who I was without basketball and move on. This killed me inside. In my head, I had no value without sports. For months, I was paralyzed by anxiety, depression, and fear. This began to change when I decided to go to Satchko. I entered this experience as a shell of a human being. I didn't know who I was anymore, if I was worth anything, but I desperately wanted to find out. None of this the team or anybody in Sachigo really knew. Before spending time with the Peace Sachigo team, I hadn't felt like the most authentic version of myself in a very long time. A moment I'll never forget is cooking dinner with Pastor Glenn on one of the first nights we were there while the others were playing a game in the other room. It was our first one-on-one -on -one talk since I was maybe 15 and um, our first really serious one ever. I also hadn't been comfortable talking about how I was feeling it because I didn't want to burden anybody, as I knew people were probably going through much worse until this moment. He asked how I was doing and said he had been praying for me while I was gone. I explained to him all that I was feeling and all I had been through, and the next morning his devotion was about being enough for God. I sobbed through the whole thing, which is not normal for me. For the first time, I felt heard and cared for by someone other than my family and a select few friends. I felt an unearthly force surrounding me, telling me I'm supported and I'll be okay, lifting that weight off my chest for the first time in years. The team brought back the goofy side in me and made me feel comfortable with an unfiltered version of myself again. I was dancing embarrassingly, singing terribly, jumping around, being weird, and I felt like I was at home. Uh, the community itself reminded me of all the little things I enjoy, meeting new people, music, nature, being silly, teaching, worshiping, learning and loving God, all of which I had forgotten for the most part while I was gone. The kids changed me most of all in ways that I think are honestly too profound for me to even understand. In the little time we spent together, they taught me so much. I hadn't been used to the overflowing amount of love, faith and joy they had to share with someone they knew nothing about. They didn't care that I wasn't scoring 20 points a night or that I wasn't six feet tall. They just saw me for me and that was enough for them. I felt God working in, in me through them. They taught me that I'm not unlovable, incompetent, or worthless. They taught me to see the good in my life, to be grateful that I have a reliable church that is there every Sunday, that I learned how to play catch in the stories of the Bible at a young age, and that I have a loving family at church and at home that will always be there for me. They taught me to be faithful because some of them were faithful even if they knew nothing about the Bible. They listened attentively, participated, and taught each other to fold their hands in praying, even though some of them didn't know what prayer was or what we were really teaching them about. They were so grateful for any, kind of, any crumb of kindness I gave them. There was one little boy in particular named Israel, um, and we kind of separated the kids into two groups, crafts and games, and all the other little boys went to go play dodgeball, and, and they went to go play the sports, and Israel just sat beside me and asked if I'd help him make a cross necklace. And um, his hands were too little, so I helped him put on all the beads. And, you know, I just thought it was so cool that he, he was so faithful that he, he would just sit there by himself and, um, and do something while his friends were doing the, the fun activity. And the next day he came back and he was wearing it. And he just, he kind of stood by me the whole time. Um, it was just a little bonding moment. To me, it was so small. All I did was put on a few beads and tie a necklace around his neck, but to him, it meant a lot, and 
that means to me, it meant a lot. They all truly inspired me. The fact that for a couple hours a day they could, get they could let go of their fear and anxiousness and just play a game of dodgeball. They gave me my hope and spark for life back. They put into perspective what's really important in life. I felt like I had nothing, but I had more than most, if not all, the faces around me. I'm confident that God used those precious kids as a way to bring me home and remind me of my worth. Their hugs were healing and their smiles were therapeutic. I think I needed them more than they needed me, if I'm being honest. On the last day, when they all left, I cried in the bathroom because I didn't want to leave them. I didn't feel like I was doing enough, and I was abandoning them. I was so proud of them and believed in them so much that I started questioning why I couldn't feel that way about myself. I reflected and couldn't help but notice I never felt that amount of joy that I felt from those few days in Sachko in any basketball game I've ever played. They taught me that despite all the evil, there is good and there is God in the world. There's faith, love, consideration, and hope. I'm enough for God and that's all that matters. Their impact didn't leave as soon as I got off that plane. All their hand-drawn pictures on my uh, hang on my wall, their gifts sit on my nightside table. Each child's name is written in my journal, so I remember each name that I met that week and how they affected me. Their smiles replay in my head as a reminder to get up in the morning and try. I now know it's not that I wasn't good enough, but that I had enough courage to find myself in other things. I got my, back my urge to pray, and I was never one to really get the urge to read the Bible. I saw it as a responsibility to add to the rest at the end of a long day. But now I crave that time with God and his word and comfort. So I encourage you, if Sashigo or anything like it is on your bucket list, to take that leap, because it might light a fire inside you like the kids did for me. Because although I have my lapses, lapses and sometimes my faith wavers, that fire hasn't burned off since I got out that plane. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Jill. Wow. <laughs> wow, you guys. Hard act to follow, Will and Emily. Um, so, <laughs> who else comes up here with a Hillroy scribbler? <laughs> somewhere in here I say that I was the oldest one in, in the group, which I don't think is a surprise. So Pastor Glenn mentioned how people have grayed over the, since the first time they went. I was gray then, but I just stopped dying my hair. <laughs> so, I did write some stuff down, and like Will, I guess, there was a time where I stopped because it, I was losing sort of what I was thinking I would talk about today. Um, uh, so I'll just start with what I have here. Uh, five years ago, I stood up here and spoke about my experiences as a first-timer on a Lamp Northern trip to the drive-in community of Pelican Narrows, Saskatchewan. So today, I am now a veteran of three Northern mission trips but we'll speak about some challenges, which were blessings in, disguises, in disguise that I faced in my role this time around when we were having our meetings with our team to see who would sort of head up what and do, do what. Um, when the responsibilities were being doled out, it was clear to me that I was um, not one to head up the music team. I love to sing, but it's usually at the back of the church with a lot of other people around. Uh, so no, that wasn't, it was something that we all participate in everything, but um, anyways, I wasn't going to head up the music or organize kids' games or crafts. It's just not what I would excel at or lead children's Bible stories. Um, thank goodness we have talent. Each person has their, uh, their gift. Um, not that this was mine, but I think the last job left was to be the... Um, in charge of the food, in charge of the snacks for the kids and things like that. So anyways, uh, that's where I landed, in charge of the food, snacks for the children, and meals and snacks for our team of nine, ten, counting Pastor Heidi, um, from the time that we left on the Monday to the Friday. Uh, after many consultations with Anna Gret, who provided me with previous meal plans, recipes, shopping lists, um, 
packing lists. I came up with a meal plan for the five days we were going to be there. Very largely on... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Very early on, although our mission was to share the gospel of and the love of Christ with uh, children and community of Sachigo Lake, I also had to focus on the needs of the team and how they would be fed and nourished and would there be enough, would, um, would they like it. My focus uh, quickly changed into full bloom uh, worry and panic mode, which I, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's a surprise for anyone here either. I tend to worry too much. Um, long story short, shop, the shopping got done, meals were prepped and uh, frozen, uh, lists of were checked and checked again, packing was done. Um, at this point, I would like to stress my personal thanks uh, to each and every one of you who helped make our mission trip possible, providing dozens and dozens of cookies, cakes, Rice Krispie cakes, all made with love, care, and I know prayer so very much appreciated by the children, community, and our team. Um, the meal prep, the, the people that came to do meal prep, um, the packing, the monetary donations, and most of all, everyone's prayers. Um, so it, was, it wasn't uh, easy getting to that point. Um, as I said, I'm a bit of a worry, that's an understatement, <laughs> a bit of a worry wart, um, and had a lot of things on the go that uh, led up to our departure day. And this was all new to me. Um, however, we, we, we made it to the airport, um, everything packed, what I thought was to be organized. We get there and we had a bit of a delay, and I, the airport for whatever reason, I think they they thought we were less one person. So we had to take off the equivalent of a, a human <laughs> in pounds uh, from what we would take with us. So um, some of the things that stayed behind were um, a box of freezies, which is truly no big deal, but it was one of the snacks that I had planned. Anyways, the, the, the freezies had to stay, as did this big orange container that had cups and things in it that I was going to use to distribute the snacks. Um, all really, it's not a big deal, but, but they did stay behind, so that threw a little um, thing into, into what I had planned. Plans changed, we recalculated, we got on the plane, we, we got there. And, um, I'm not really, I didn't know what the others were going to so, say, so I'm sorry, some of this might be a little repetitious, but um, we, did, we did get there. Um, we boarded, safely landed in Sachigo. Somehow most of the worries were left behind as I got off that plane. Um, one of my friends had, was referring to, to this trip as, as uh, when are you going to your retreat? And at that time when I was organizing or trying to organize myself, it hardly felt like um, something that would be a retreat. Uh, although I know from previous uh, times there, it certainly certainly is time to, to slow down and reflect. And actually, as we were getting off that plane, so did all those worries and um, cares that I had were so important at the time, they weren't anymore. Uh, when we arrived at the teacher ridge, and um, uh, I, sorry, it was brought to my attention <laughs> that, I, that I was the oldest of the group. Not that, again, not that anyone had to tell me that, but that I was an, the elder of the group, and I got the master bedroom. So Will said that their place was better than ours. Ours was pretty good. At least my room was very good. <laughs> I had a master room. Um, I think Shauna got the other room, and, um, and the girls were... Uh, Emma and Emily and Megan had the, the front room, which I think was all the way it was to be. So there was lots of conversation, lots of laughs, lots of heartfelt talks going on in there for sure. Um, and that's all part of it. So that definitely being a perk of being the oldest of the group was, to, was there. Um, and yeah, I was the oldest, and that included the pilots. And believe me, that was... <laughs> when we were on that plane. Well, um, but they were excellent. Um, 
Okay, uh, yes, so as much as I worried about how I would care for the team, they were also taking care of me. Um, um, I would like to say how very proud I am for each and each one of our team members. Uh, for many, was their first trip up north. For most of us, uh, for most of us, it was our first fly-in trip to Sachigo. Emma had been there once on a winter trip, but our team leader Megan had been on every mission trip with it we've had thus far. I cannot fully express how heartwarming it was to witness what I would call a homecoming for her. To be back in Sachigo, her reunions with many adults and children who were now teens. These kids were, were little and they're now young adults. Some of them that, uh, how they recognized her and how the obvious love and excitement uh, was displayed. Megan was one of the drivers of that the chief's truck one day and she was driving and so we had two trucks and, and we were in the one behind it and all of a sudden Megan's truck stops, another tr truck stops this way, they run out, she runs out and there's hugging and, and this happened a lot and it was, um, for me, it, that was just beautiful to see uh, her in her um, shine and her element. She did a great job as leader of our group. Um, yeah, um, sorry, just how the love of the, her love of the Lord and how naturally she shares that love. Um, and I also saw everyone in that way. Um, everyone had a very important role to play in the week as everyone jumps in to assist, um, assist the leader in the group. Um, and we have a, a thing that we do there. Um, everybody, when you, when you come, um, you get a little piece of, uh, or a little envelope, and you have pieces of paper that you write on each member, something that, that you learned about them over the, or how you appreciate them. So forgive me if I don't say everything that I have said in those letters personally to each person, but I do appreciate everyone that was there. Shauna um, being, like, for sure, the right-hand man, <laughs> right-hand woman, um, she organizing the crafts and um, just basically helping with everything. Brian and Pastor Glenn on the music. And again, everybody jumps in. I didn't jump in like up here with these guys. I was, I tend to be a little bit on the background when it comes to that. Um, Emma and Emily, uh, Emma on games and Emily on crafts and, and really doing everything, filling in Will and Blake. Blake, poor Blake, he ends up being my kind of right-hand man because I can, he's my nephew, so he can, I can tell him to, or he lets me tell him what, what he can do to help me a little easier than how I can boss someone else around if such. And of course, Pastor Glenn, our spiritual leader, thank you so much for everything. Um, I just wanted to, uh, to share a story, and some of it, I'm sorry for it's repetitious, but um, Stephen from the community who, who I uh, will spoke of, um, so passionate for the, his uh, community, so passionate for the love of Christ and the good news that he just so desperately wants to share with the children and the, the people of the community. Um, and he was often, he was just in there, just helping any way he could. Um, he would come to our, we had our main meals and everything was at the, the women's uh, teacherage. He would come there sometimes first thing in the day, you know, throughout the day in the evening. Definitely was at the Bible, or at the Bible camp every day. Um, so one one time, and he called, where's Brian? He called Brian Mr. Rob's son. So of course, like, um, you know, definitely the um, presence of Pastor Brad and, and Anna Gret and Rob and Lil, people who have gone there so many times and paved the way for us, uh, came up many, many times. But only, so Mr. Rob's son, come up here because they were going to do the story on Adam and Eve. And so he, I think um, Brian was, was the voice of God. And then he had a mic, there was a mic there and we had a prop was the apple. I provided the apple. I was happy I could do something. So the apple, and then he had Will and Megan were, uh, were Adam and Eve. Anyways, the kids were just eating this up, and, and it was great. And, and the story played out, and he just wanted to make sure that every child 
heard what, what the story and understood, and um, it was really beautiful to see. Um, so not only do we build relationships within the children, or with the children and community of Sachigo, we also build very strong bonds within our team, which um, definitely was touched on with Emily um, and Will's speech. Um, I'm so very grateful to have had the opportunity to serve next to each one of you, and I've learned so much from you all. Thank you for the, that privilege and the um, many blessings that uh, were shared and given to me as being part of the team. Um, so in conclusion, did it matter that the freezies were left behind? Absolutely not. We had so many snacks, and, and that wasn't a big deal. Uh, it wasn't a deal at all. Um, did it matter that everything didn't go as planned? Absolutely not. We knew it wouldn't. It never does. Um, did it matter that the flight was late, giving us less time to prepare once we were in Sachigo? No, it, it did not. Um, what did matter is that we, uh, that we went, that we got there, and, um, and because we were able to share uh, the good news, of course, and the love of Christ. What matters is that we were, took time to be still and know that he is God. He is in control, not us. What matters to us, what matters is that with the help of God, we will be back, and I can't wait. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. The theme of this year's Kids Camp was uh, Broken People, Perfect God. And if that's not a title for all of us, I don't know what is. Broken. It's what sin does. Breaks that relationship that we have with God. The relationship that was first started as perfect with the first people, Adam and Eve, who were created in the image of the perfect God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That relationship was broken when Adam and Eve ate that fruit that God told them not to eat. That we did act out. That perfect image of God was then lost as every person since has been born into sin, born into the image of their not-perfect parents. It leads us to sin. It leads to more brokenness, more brokenness in the world, brokenness in relationships, brokenness in families, brokenness in communities. It leads to death. Sin leads to death. And we walked... There are multiple cemeteries in Sachigo. We saw the graves of the elderly. We saw the graves of teenagers the same age as some of the young people on our trip. We saw the graves of infants. Death because of sin. But sin leads to more than just physical death. It leads to hell. Eternal brokenness from God. Forever being separated from Him. Yet through all of this, throughout all of the world's history, God is still perfect. And that perfect God came down from heaven, incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered, crucified, died, and was buried. And there on that cross, Jesus died for our brokenness, for the brokenness of the world, for all of our sins. He took our punishment. He took our death. He took hell for us because we are not perfect because we cannot save ourselves. But Jesus, who is perfect, can. And he did. And as he breathed his last breath, he said, it is finished. And it was. His work was complete. The sinless Son of God died to save us sinners. And his resurrection was proof that he has fixed our brokenness. He has dealt with our sin and death and defeated it once and for all. And as a result, that image of God is being renewed in us. It will never be perfect here on this earth. You still see brokenness, but we are getting that image back because of the death and resurrection of Christ. That image of holiness, righteousness, perfection, unconditional love. Now we still see little pieces of it in our life amidst all of the other pieces that are broken. You see it in the words of absolution as Christ's forgiveness is proclaimed. 
as it's given to you. You see it at the baptismal font. As children, as adults, are brought to the waters of baptism, clothed with Christ's righteousness and his perfection and holiness. You see it at the Lord's Supper, where as you eat the body and blood of Jesus Christ, you are cleansed with his body and blood. A foretaste of the eternal feast that is to come, which you are celebrating with those who are already experiencing it in heaven. And sometimes if you look hard enough, you catch glimpses in the work that God does through others, loving others, strangers and friends, unconditionally, those who he has created, who are loved unconditionally by him. We had all nine of us at different stages in our life, different levels of brokenness, going through all kinds of different things, sharing God's love with people who are at different stages in their life, different levels of brokenness. You heard a little bit from them. We all shared the same trip, yet we all had different experiences. And God was working through it all. Now, one morning I was asked to come and speak with someone who was older in the community. And we talked for I don't know how long. He did most of the talking. But he talked about people coming into their community and people who had come in the past and created even more brokenness. People who were just like us, who were supposed to be serving God and his people. He talked about how he had 20-plus grandkids multiple times multiple times because a number of them had passed away. He talked about his wife leaving him only to return to him 25 years later. Now he admitted that he was certainly not perfect, but that through it all, he had been able to rejoice in the Lord. And that was his motto. Rejoice in the Lord always and do good. There are days when it's hard to rejoice in the Lord. There are days when it's easy. There are days when we do good through God working in us. And there are days we do no good. There are days of brokenness. And there are days where almost everything is whole. Whatever day it is, God is still perfect. He is still and always will be perfect. He is still and always will be with us. He is still and always will be love us unconditionally. And he is still and always will be calling us to go and share his unconditional love and the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. I'm proud of these other eight individuals that were on our team. I'm proud of you as a congregation for your continued support of this ministry. But I'm even more proud to have a perfect God who loves us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us broken people and then to send us to go and share the good news of his death and resurrection with other broken people who are loved just the same. Nothing fixes what is broken better than a perfect God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who will one day call us home, finally, to be completely and perfectly whole. Amen.